The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto World Football Podcast. We are finally back after a long offseason. We're getting the Wednesday band back together. That means that Nick Minzio will be here to talk about starts. Rich Rebar will be here to talk about stats. And I will be here to really offer very little of value at all to the conversation. So, it's just like old times, just like last season. We're happy you're back and listening again. Before we get to that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings. So we really appreciate that greatly. We really appreciate those of you who have already done that. So make sure you join that, that group and, uh, and rate and review wherever you find it. With that out of the way, let's get that going. We're going to talk this year to Rich first. So what's going on, Rich? Hey, Ray, you know, it's good to actually be talking about, you know, actual games and not just what guys will do over a four-month period. And we've got some the biggest news of the day, I think, is, I mean, the Seahawks moved their logo, so the bird now faces you. What? I hadn't seen this breaking. Hashtag breaking news. <laughs> Certainly not as expected. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. We, you know, th- what constitutes a news story in August is very different than what constitutes a news story, a news story once the games actually start. Thankfully, you know, once you're once you're listening to this, we record on Wednesdays, but once you're listening to this uh, on Thursday, that'll be game day. We'll be there ready to go. Unfortunately, uh, we won't see a game, one of the games that we were expecting to see this this week. Obviously, that's not the biggest thing that's happening right now to everybody in Miami. To, I mean, everybody in Florida, stay safe. Um, my my whole family and I was born in Houston. My whole family's from Southeast Texas, the Beaumont area. We just went through it hate to see someone else going through it. Uh, So stay safe out there. But unfortunately, we have to talk about some fantasy ramifications. And that is that is the moving of the Dolphins and Bucks game back to week 11, what had previously been there by, you know, it's not really that big of a deal from a fantasy perspective, you're just moving by weeks, players were going to miss that game or miss one game. Anyway, it does change Doug Martin's situation a little bit. Instead of coming back after week three, he's going to be suspended uh, until after week four. But in reality, what you've done is you've traded a matchup against the Giants for him getting to play the Dolphins. So in the end, that probably is good too. But if you were counting on Mike Evans or Jay Ajahi or even further down the list, you know Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Deshaun Jackson, Jacquez Rogers, if you win zero running back, 
you know, it, it can hurt. So, so looking out and around, there's not much out there, especially at running back. But who are some people out there that you can that people can maybe go pick up off the wire if they're in a deeper league? Definitely need to definitely need to find someone to start this week. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you're not in that position, you know, with with your team at absolute full strength here to start the year. But I mean, if there are some guys still out there floating around, if you were a guy that you know had Mike Evans and just don't really like any of their options, or you had uh, Jarvis Landry as a starter. I mean, I think that, you know, Kendall Wright is a popular name that is out there still. I mean, we know about his, you know, familiarity with Dow Logans and that offense. I mean, he was the highest targeted receiver uh, from Mike Glennon in the preseason. He's going to open with the Atlanta Falcons in a game that's probably going to feature a lot of negative game script. He also plays in the slot, so he doesn't have to go against Robert Alford and Desmond Trufant. So, I mean, he's a guy that's still floating around in leagues. Uh, we had talked about before the show, too, a guy, Paul Richardson, was named the, the wide receiver two in Seattle. Um, he's going to open against a team that allowed the highest yards per target to wide receivers a year ago in Green Bay in a game that is projected to be high scoring, even though Seattle really hasn't scored a lot of points you know, in recent history up there in Lambeau. Um, but he's another guy you can t- attach onto that's probably out there, you know, in leagues. The running back spot is, man, it's a grab bag because you know a lot of these guys are gone in your leagues already. <laughs> ugly, so, ugly, ugly. Yeah, I mean, maybe you take a shot on a guy like Wendell Smallwood if he's out there and, you know, hopefully that he gets some kind of snaps. But like you said uh, before the show, we had talked about just, you know, probably like these low, low ceiling, you know, uh, our low f- – Low ceiling, high floor, like receiving types might be out there. Maybe a guy like Darren Sproles, a Shane Vereen, uh, you know, those types of guys that just kind of get you through, you know, a, a one week with some points here. Why, if you're counting on a Jai's, you know, high ceiling. Yeah, or CJ Procise is out there in a surprising number mm-hmm. of leagues. Chris Thompson um, for the Washington, that's a, that's a, you know, fresh off a new deal. Chris Thompson. So those are some options. And we'll talk about a quarterback in a, in a little bit. I, if you have a tight end, I mean, we're not really missing much from that game, but I guess some people were, were counting on Julius Thomas or Cameron Brait missing a tight end. Kobe Fleener is a guy that's probably going to benefit a lot from Willie Sneed being suspended. Uh, it's not a great matchup against Minnesota, but it's not a terrible matchup either. So I think that Kobe Fleener or maybe CJ Fedorowicz, who's out there in, in over half a leagues as well. Those, those might be some options, but let's move on. Let's talk about what we'll talk about every week. If you don't know, Rich releases a must read column every Wednesday called the worksheet. Uh, and on every week on this episode of this podcast, we will discuss some of the most interesting tidbits. Um, this this week, you know, we talk about who he wants to talk about. This week, he recommended we call this segment "Just for Men" because <laughs> it heavily features some of the quote unquote old guys. Although I feel very uncomfortable calling them old guys because I think we are all the same age as them. It's true. At, at this point, in fact, I, am I feel old though. Yeah, sure. I feel older than they look. I will guarantee you that. And I look older than they look for sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm actually older. I'm pretty sure you're older too than this first guy we're going to talk about. And this is a quarterback that's out there in a lot of leagues. Certainly could be someone uh, that you might use to replace Jameis if you need to replace Jameis. And that is Sam Bradford, who's getting the Saints at home on Monday night. And I'm assuming that you like that matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at it last year after Norv Turner resigned, Bradford was the QB 13, you know, to close the year. Over that span, he completed 79.5% of his passes. And over the final month of the season, he was a top eight fantasy scorer in three of his final four games. So he's kind of come into the season hot and comfortable in this offense. And like you said, on Monday night, he's at home versus a New Orleans team that has allowed the most points per offensive play each of the past two seasons. They rank 31st in yards 
per pass attempt allowed. They allowed the most 300-yard passers in the league and multiple passing touchdowns in 11 of their 16 games a year ago. Uh, they also kind of enter the season with already kind of a banged-up secondary. I think with everyone high across the industry, if you check rankings on all the Viking skill players this week, that should make you also feel good about you know taking a stab at Bradford if you're in need of quarterback play. Yeah, and I, I actually think the Saints are going to be better on defense this year. Almost nowhere to go but up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, the, but yeah, this is still a matchup to target and, and tell otherwise. The next guy on your list certainly qualifies just for men status, and that's <laughs> Danny Woodhead. Um, and I don't know exactly where you're going with this. You just give me the names. But I'm going to assume that it has something to do with the Bengals like to allow running backs to catch the ball just for fun. Is that what is that what this is about? <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm also not pandering up to my host here, you know, as, as Ray, <laughs> you were the one riding the majestic ADP horse that was Woodhead this summer. You oh, know, he starts long, yeah. like, like you said, he starts the season with a matchup that should see his biggest strengths as an offensive player play immediate dividends for the Ravens. Opposing teams targeted running backs 22.8% of the time versus the Bengals a year ago, which led the NFL that rate saw a spike when the Bengals played the Ravens. Joe Flacco targeted running backs 28.5% of the time versus the Bengals in two games a year ago. And Ravens running backs combined to catch 19 passes in those two games. Woodhead still carries more of a scoring touchdown upside than the typical receiving back you know, has shown as well. So you can dabble with him as an RB2 in standard formats as well. He scored seven, eight, nine times the past uh, three full seasons he's played. And Kyle Jusick led the Ravens in targets and touchdowns inside of the five over the past two years. Yeah, and I think that you know, when you looked at like, if you go to like sharp stats or a place like that, and you look at running back percentage, it didn't seem like the Ravens uh, target percentage or the running backs was very high last year. But for some reason, those numbers, I don't think counted Kyle Juszczyk and the Ravens threw a lot. And three of their running backs had at least 40 targets last year. That is huge. I think that Danny Woodhead's going to be that guy. Bengals don't have Vontez perfect. I am, as you can probably imagine, if you followed any of my loves over the offseason, I am I'm completely in on Danny Woodhead week one. Back at practice healthy. Uh, I'm certainly in for that one. Let's move on to Larry Fitzgerald, who has made something of a habit of getting off to hot starts in recent years. Do you think he's going to continue that in Detroit? Yeah, like you said, he's kind of started hot and faded fast, you know, the back half of the years, the past years. So at age 34, you know, get in on Fitz while the getting is good. The Lions allowed 16.3 PPR points per game to slot receivers in 2016. That was the most in the league. While Larry Fitzgerald, 63 catches from the slot were the second most in the NFL a year ago. Um, not that anyone should be overly concerned about the possibility that Darius Slay were to lock up with Fitzgerald. Slay traveled to cover the slot just 40 combined snaps over the past two years combined. So it should be smooth sailing for Fitz to stack up high percentage uh, completions uh, against a team that allowed NFL records 72.7% of passes to be completed against them in 2016. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, you mentioned the hot start. I guess I mentioned the hot start. If you look at his first five games each of the last two seasons, so that's 10 games total, He's averaged 6.6 catches, 85 yards, and just over a touchdown. The catches stay about the same, but if you look at those other games, the other, I guess, 22 games of the last two years, uh, the yardage and TD totals are considerably lower. I think there's something to it. I do think there's something, his age perhaps, there's something to it. He starts out, starts out hot in a great matchup. I am I'm definitely in on fits. Finally, we get to the immortal Jason Witten, the, the king of the dad runners, the breaker of tackles. The father of records, Jason Witten. Uh, what do you think he's going to do this week? Yeah, I mean, death, taxes, Jason Witten versus Giants linebackers in week one. <laughs> These things are undefeated in the test of time of life. I mean, Witten has been a top seven scoring tight end in seven of his past ten games versus the Giants. 
Uh, New York allowed the fifth most receptions and fourth most receiving yards per game to opposing tight ends in 2016, and they've done little to improve their linebacking you know group coming into the season. You know, with Des Bryant having his hands full with the Giants secondary, uh, he's a guy that only caught two of 18, 14 targets against the Giants uh, a year ago for just 14 yards. Uh, Jason Witten should be a solid low-end PPR tight end one to kick off the season, you know, keeping the old man theme of this podcast going, you know, get these old guys, you know, in, in while they're fresh out of their cocoon water. <laughs> Let's get Wilford Brimley in here and uh, <laughs> certainly start him this week. All right, that's it for, for this part. We'll get to Nick in just a second talking about starts. Like I said, Rich is going to be back on this episode of the podcast every single Thursday talking about his worksheet. If you want the entire thing, go to rotoworld.com. Read the read that column. It's a must-read column every single week. I read it every single week. So definitely go and do that. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you again next week, Rich. Absolutely, Ray. My pleasure. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes the Stardom and Sidham column over at Roto World. Comes out every Thursday. Should be out every Thursday by the time you listen to this podcast. So make sure you go and check that out. And he's back with us again on, on the Thursday show to talk about some of his favorite starts and sits from the week. So, you know, be looking forward to that every single week. So what's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? Long summer over. Good to be back with football, but it's a little bittersweet. Yeah, that's the word. Bittersweet. We, uh, we love football. Obviously, we love football, but uh, the work schedule is a little more taxing. Is that the word taxing? That that would describe it perfectly. During the football season. So uh, certainly happy that it's coming back. Can't wait for uh, for the kickoff. But uh, but yeah, looking looking at some of those games this weekend with a, with a little bit of uh, trepidation, I would say. But let's talk about some good things. Let's talk about some guys who we think we're going to do well this weekend. And the, and the first one on your list is Jamison Crowder, who is one of my favorite PPR targets from draft season. So coming into week one, what do you like about him and his matchup? Yeah, this game has one of the higher totals on the board. I think it's set at like 48 right now, and it, and it could come up a little bit before Sunday. But I just love Crowder in this spot. He gets the best individual individual matchup of these Redskins receivers, has the most chemistry with Kirk Cousins. I think he's still trying to get to know Terrell Pryor a little bit. And if the Eagles play Patrick Robinson in this slot this week at cornerback, I mean, Crowder's going to run all his routes against him. Could be Malcolm Jenkins, but I'm thinking it's going to be Robinson, so... I love the spot for Crowder. He gets red zone usage. He he can score inside the 20. Uh, that hype train slowed down a little bit from the spring, but I like him to bounce back big in this spot here. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, if you're if you're that it's a lot of new pieces on that offense. If you're looking for who is who is cousin completely comfortable with, it would be Jordan Reed, obviously, and Jamison Crowder. And like you said, he's got a good individual matchup. So I am I'm 100 on that. Let's look at the other side of this game to tight end. Zach Ertz, you know, once Jordan Matthews was traded to the Bills, there was a lot of talk about the receivers, namely uh, Nelson Aguilar, which I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared to say I, I bought into a little bit, but, you know, we're still waiting to see. We're still waiting to see what happens there. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, I would say that for sure. But I always thought the biggest beneficiary was going to be Zach Ertz, moved him up my draft rankings a lot. Heading into week one, I think there, there are probably a lot of reasons to like him, right? Yeah, with Matthew, Matthews out of the picture, I mean, it's a huge boost to Ertz. And two games Matthews didn't play last season. Ertz saw 31 targets, caught 22 of them for 218 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the Redskins just lost coverage linebacker safety hybrid Suwa Cravens to his flip-flop retirement. Who knows what he's going to do, but he's not going to play this week. So that's a big boost to Ertz. And 
him and Carson Wentz just have awesome chemistry right now. They're, I mean, I think Ertz has taken over as that best friend on the team for Wentz this year with Matthews out of the picture. So I, I really like this spot and I like this game to hit the over on the total for sure. And uh, to your point, I mean, Washington gave up the second most catches and third most yards to tight ends last season. I don't think that defense is appreciably better. So I, I think that this is a, this is a great spot for sure. Although I, they do have a little bit more athleticism now at linebacker, I suppose. But still, this is a this is a good matchup. All right, let's move on to the guys that you are out on. You think that Leonard Fournette will disappoint in his NFL debut? Why? Yeah, I just think there's so many things pointing against Fournette this week. The Jaguars are touchdown underdogs on the road against the Texans, who are the elite defensive special teams play of the week, uh, along with the Bills. And Fournette didn't play at all really this preseason. He only played in one game, I think, or one or two games. But he hurt his foot and. The Jaguars just have huge concerns on the offensive line, especially at left guard, and the Texans are getting J.J. Watt back. I just, nothing's pointing in the direction of Fournette this week at all. Yeah, and I think on the initial depth chart, and I mean, take this for what you what you will, but they listed Fournette, Ivory, and T.J. Yeldon as co-starters, which, uh, whatever, man, that's certainly not true, but it might mean that they, they're still going to make, you know, maybe limit his workload a little bit. And like you mentioned, it, Houston's defense was good last year, and now they get back J.J. Watt. Uh, the best defensive player probably in the league. So that is a that is certainly a boon for them. Finally, let's talk about uh, my boy. I guess I have to call him my boy, even though I was on the Danny Woodhead train all offseason. I have to call Terrence West my guy. Uh, so let's get to Terrence West. How do you think he's going to do against the Bengals? I'm not liking this spot too much at all. Uh, three, 3.6 yards per carry average in two matchups against Cincinnati last season. He just He's not a special runner or anything like that, but... He's lost his left guard injury. Alex Lewis suffered a season-ending shoulder injury in the preseason. Right tackle Rick Wagner left in free agency, so they're trying to still piece together that offensive line. And I know Flacco's coming back, so that took that should take some defenders out of the box, unlike it did in the preseason with Ryan Mallett. So, I mean, I, I, Wes is a little more palatable this week, but I'm just still not. I still want to get excited about him, even if even with uh, Vontez perfect out on suspension still. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, when Rich was on. If you're attacking this game with uh, this team with running backs, you do it through the air. I think that this is. I think this is more of a Woodhead game. Even though, you know, I cut Terrence West some slack. I think he's fine. I know everybody like talks about him like he's. Just, I think he's fine. He's not great. He's he's fine. Let's cut cut him some slack. Maybe there'll be some better matchups. But you you mentioned this offensive line. This whole team, man. Give the Ravens give the Ravens some luck. Come on now. Yeah, they haven't practiced together like at all this summer. So this could be like a, a trying couple couple weeks here to begin the season. Yeah, well, you're not looking forward to it. At least that defense, at least that defense is is going to be really good. Again, you can you can read all of Nick's starts and sits on rotorworld.com right now. Start them and sit them. Make sure you go and read that. It'll be up every single Thursday. So if you're listening to this podcast, it is certainly up at rotorworld.com. You can also follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Minzio. You can follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can follow me on Twitter at RM Summerlin, and we'll talk to you next week. Justin and so good. 
thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.